Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, a lot of people say to me that they struggle uh, with content and concepts and what to put out on social media. You know, how do I educate my audience? How do I do this content marketing? How do I build my brand? Uh, And I tell them, well, it's easy. And I've done podcast episodes on it. And then they say to me, well, what about some specific practical things to do? So I don't think anyone's ever done anything like this before. So I'm going to be the first. So I'm going to share with you and I'm going to challenge myself to do this in 12 minutes, 15 practical, specific things you can do to put great content out there, to build a a great, vast audience who will consume your content, become your raving fan and follower, and then buy all your stuff. Um, And that uh, I'll just quickly list them and then I'll explain them. So I'm going to share with you, this is what I did, this is what I learned, SBO, rant, Newsjack, surprise, SEO keyword article, behind the scenes, uh, pains your audience feel, a motivational post, but a a bit of a beware. Um, The reverse of what everyone's tired of, look at your analytics and um, put more of that content out there. Mistakes you made, the five, seven and nine ways to do something, case studies, interviews and your takes and analysis of other people's content. So I'm going to share with you how to do all of those. Now, firstly, though, Um, You might have noticed I'm starting to up the amount of information I'm putting out there. I'm putting a lot more posts on LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to launch a YouTube competition soon and give away some cool stuff to get people to follow me on my YouTube channel. We're doing two one-minute videos a week. I'm doing at least three pieces of content a day on um, Facebook. I'm now doing two or three podcasts a week. I'm launching a new podcast in about five weeks called Money. So keep you heard it here first. I'm writing at least one article a day, and that all takes me about 45 to 90 minutes a day. So it doesn't take anywhere near as much time as you think. Um, But you may feel that you don't have the idea and the inspiration, uh, and I'm going to help you with that. Uh, And you can just model what I do. So step one is you need to increase the volume of what you put out there. Now, why would you put content out there? Why would you become a content marketer? Because you give your customers, clients, followers and fans a way to learn and to build rapport with you and to like you and to trust you and to fill their head with your voice such that when you have something to sell, they buy it and you don't have to sell to them. You get this trickle down economics effect um, because, you know, the mind space, the awareness, the rapport um, is already there. So the more people can consume your information, your message from a distance without you selling to them one-to-one or having to be pitchy, the less friction there is when they come to visit your website, you know, actually do see you at speaking at an event or, you know, come as a one-to-one prospect to become a client. So if you don't get more of these messages out there, then you're having to sell hard rather than sell remotely, um, you know, without even having to pitch. Now, a couple of warnings as well before I go through at least 15 ways to create specific, realistic, usable content. 
So a lot of people, they start a live feed and they go, hey, you know, where are you from? Hi, John. Hi, Dave. Hi, Shane. Hi, Donna Marie. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone tune in. Share, share, share. Mwah, facey. Look at my, look at my dinner. And it's like two minutes in, they've said nothing. No. Get to the point very quickly, which I must do. Make sure your content has content and not waffle. You know, if you're a guru, if you're a massive celebrity, then you can go and wow, look at my lips, look at my hips. You know, you can say, hey, look, I am here doing this. And of course, the millions of people who follow them on social media will love it. But, you know, I'm not a celebrity celebrity. You may not be a celebrity celebrity, so you can't rely on that. All right, here we go. 15 ways to create specific, good, realistic content that actually works that you can do. There's easy. No more excuses, my friends. Number one, instead of posting, this is what I did. Look at me at the airport. Look at me in the gym. Look at my food. Look at my um, body. Look at my lips. Post, this is what I did. This is what I learned. So rather than saying, look, this is a house because I viewed it, say, hey, look, I went to view this house and I learn if you turn up five minutes early, you can go and speak to the vendor before the estate agent turns up. But then I learn the estate agent doesn't really like that. So you've got to then tell the estate agent that, you, you know, you got invited in for a coffee and make sure you never cut the estate agent out of the deal. I learned that going in the car with the estate agent to the three or four viewings enables you to build rapport with them. I learn if you make an offer there and then um, in some ways they like it, but in some ways it can make you seem a bit desperate, blah, 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 blah. So if I'm at an airport or if I'm in the gym or if I've taken a photo of my food or whatever people seem to do on social media, teach people what you learned and the benefit of it rather than just it. And they will follow you, share your work and get some benefits. So you're taking a photo of your food. Wow. Doesn't everyone do that? Who gives a shit? But if you said, hey, I've just found this website called Muscle Food, which I've only just recently found out, and you can get these pre-packed meals, and some of them are delicious, and there's 420 calories, and there's 30 grams of protein, and there's low carbs, who'd have thought it, and it actually tastes nice, or hey, look, I'm eating this ice cream, it's called Halo Top, it's only got 280 calories in the whole tub, and it's high in protein, and you can eat half the tub without guilt. Now, I'm actually giving you something useful, a little hack, if you like, that you can go and do. So turn your, this is what I did posts into this is what I did and this is what I learned. Because people need to get benefit from watching your social media. People get social media all wrong. They think social media is about me, i.e. you follow me, you like me, you want to hear about my life. No, they don't. No one follows you for you unless you're a massive celebrity. People follow you because they want to learn. They want to be entertained. They want to be informed. They want to be inspired. They want to be motivated. They want to be surprised. They want to be challenged, i.e. for their own selfish reasons. So you've got to give them their selfish reasons and also appease your own selfish motives for doing your social media stuff. This isn't just social media. This is in your brochures. This is in your collateral of marketing. This is at your um, expositions, expeditions, exhibitions, you know, your shows, your trade shows, anywhere where you put a message out. The second thing is called story bridge. So, you know, if you just uh, give a, a few little interesting anecdotes, okay. But if you told an interesting story, then bridged into it, that might be useful. So I did a post recently, which is really going well on LinkedIn, um, about Paul from S Club 7, who um, recently had to sell his um, Brit Award. He got 66,000 and something pounds for it. So that story of Paul and, you know, the, the sort of rise to fame and then the fall of S Club 7 and bridging into learning vicariously through other people's bankruptcies and giving you some tips on how not to be the band member or the artist or the creative that, you know, ends up going bust. What can we learn from what happened to Paul? Um, then that's a bit more interesting. So think of how you can you lead with a story and then bridge in. If you want to sell something, do what I call a story bridge 
offer. So, you know, story is Paul and, you know, the, the, the troubles he's had with bankruptcy and selling his Brit Award for 66 or thousand pounds. You know, the bridge is make sure you don't go bankrupt. Make sure you learn these five lessons from Paul. And the offer is, hey, I'm an accountant and I can manage your money really well to make sure you always know what you're spending and what you're earning. And you've got a nice gap between the spending and earning. So you never get bankrupt. Either come and have a free one to one consultation. That's called a story bridge offer. That's better than going buy my shit, buy my stuff, buy my shit, buy my stuff, buy my shit. Come to my website. OK, third one. And you notice I get into this mode occasionally is the rant. People seem to love a good rant. Now, in the early years of doing videos and public speeches and stuff like that, I was kind of a bit scared to rant in case people thought, whoa, what is this guy on? What a, you know, whatever they might think of me. And sometimes some people do. Now, the great thing about rants is people stand up, people listen. You know, they kind of they get with you. They believe you. They feel you. Um, Now, of course, if you do a rant every day, then your rant becomes normal. So you don't want to over rant. And if you rant about stuff that's not rant worthy, then it's kind of a bit gimmicky. So these aren't gimmicks. These are genuine techniques. But but a few times a year, something's going to happen and you really passionately believe in it. You really want to help people solve these problems. Um, and so have a bloody rant about it. I'm not talking about, you know, really criticizing everyone, but something you believe is wrong, something you stand for that you know can help people and where the world needs sorting out. Oh, someone's trying to ring me. Sorry, I'm doing a live feed. Don't ring me in live feeds. Um, then rant about it. People really feel that energy. Okay, the fourth thing is what we call newsjacking. So newsjacking, what was in the headlines, and then writing your article or doing your live feed on what was on the headlines. Now, my most shared Twitter post ever, um, shared across for hundreds and hundreds of people, which is a lot for me on Twitter, um, it was when Conor McGregor lost to, I think, Nate Diaz, And I just simply wrote about it and turned it into the lessons we can get from Connor. Now, people don't follow me. I'm not a UFC fighter. I'm not a martial artist. And they don't, you know, not that many martial artists follow me. But one, everyone was talking about Connor McGregor. Uh, So, you know, that was the energy that was going on right now. It was a polarized opinion. You know, yeah, he did well because he stepped up a weight division or he got a a bit too big for his boots and was cocky and deserved to lose. So it created this polarized debate. So, you know, I missed a chance to do it when it was Mayweather and McGregor. That would have been massive, but massive events, big news. I remember going to see a lot of comedy shows when um, Trump was elected and every comedian was just feasting off Trump jokes. It was like the easiest time to be a comedian for those months because they were newsjacking. Now, newsjacking is taking the energy and the awareness and the voice and and, and the debates that are already there. So that energy is already there and you just use that energy. And the best newsjacks could get two, five or ten times the likes, comments, shares as any normal, um, you know, specific a piece of content that you might deliver uh, from yourself. Uh, now, of course, don't newsjack every day. Like, don't do all of these every day. You want to balance these. And also, um, you know, make sure it's something that everyone is talking about. Number five is the element of surprise. Uh, five surprising things that entrepreneurs never tell you about um, running a business. Number one. It can be really lonely. Number two, you have to master the mundane and you have to do a lot of boring stuff, even though you want to be doing all your exciting things. And you might have noticed recently I've been doing some information on that. So a new way of looking at something, you know, or everyone's talking in the sort of 80s and 90s. The main message was you're either born with it or you're not. And then there was a lot of information from people like Malcolm Gladwell, which actually challenged conventional wisdom. 
And Malcolm Gladwell said, no, actually, talent is not born. Talent is made, created, learned. Now, yes, if you're six foot 12, you've got a better chance of being a basketball player. But any skill that's learnable that doesn't need, you know, you to be really tall or really short or really muscly or whatever, you can learn through the 10,000 hour rule. And at that time, that was a big revelation because everyone was in the, uh, you know, it's all genetics. And he actually, he went event against conventional wisdom. He surprised us. And it wasn't just Malcolm Gladwell. There were other people that were talking about this, like Matthew Syed. Uh, and, you know, and then that, that the surprise creates, oh, intrigue. Oh, I better share about that. It creates a topical nature of discussion. We want to talk about it. Everyone thought this, but actually this. Um, so can you create your content which surprises? Humor is all based on surprise. Well, certain types of humor is. So, you, 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 the, you know, the, the setup of the joke goes here and the punchline is something that you wouldn't expect. Okay, then number, I don't know what we're on, number seven, maybe something like that. If you want to be guaranteed that your content gets shared, that, you know, a lot of people debate, discuss, uh, follow you by your stuff, then you want to test that the message you're sharing is what people want. So what you do is you go into Google and you go into Word Tracker and other keyword search uh, tools and you search for the ideas that you've got. And if one idea has got 15,000 um, search reviews back uh, and another one has got 15 million, go with the 15 million. I often look at our email um, headlines and see which get the most opens. I look at my podcast analytics and which um, headlines get the most downloads. So of the last year's podcast, taking out my guests, I've got Gerald watching at the moment. Hi, Gerald. And of course, if I put Gerald Ratner's name on a podcast, that's going to get a lot of downloads because he's well known. So take my guests out of the equation. The two most downloaded by a mile podcasts in that time frame are how to build your empire and anything with Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in it. So that tells me what people want because they're all downloading it. Whereas, you know, I might have done other um, podcasts that have got half the listens. So I don't talk so much about those topics because people are less interested. And I talk a lot more about the topics that people are downloading and are interested in. So it's just common sense, of course. But often we rely on ourselves to create all the creativity, the newness, the information. We don't feel inspired a lot. So we're like, oh, I don't know what to do to create content. Look at what everyone wants that you can see through your posts and through your analytics and then put more of that content out there. Okay, number eight then, behind the scenes. So I've noticed when I do live feed videos and I start doing them in the same place. So for example, I start, I've got like a quite a messy podcast and video studio upstairs. And after a while, I started getting, you know, a, a bit of a dip in the amount of people that would uh, watch the videos because they just see the same behind the scenes space all the time. It's normal. It's boring. It doesn't pattern interrupt. That's why I've started moving around the house doing my live feeds just to give you a different background. Oh, what's that? So actually, I'll little take you on a little tour. Um, so this is the, the new extension that we've built. So this was the old back of the house here. That's my boardroom in there. Um, and we've kept the back of the house, as you can see there. So we've kept the ex existing brickwork. And all of this is new. So the whole back of the house opens up. You can see there, you know, we've extended the patio. We've got the, um, the sort of the kids uh, seating area. You can see there I've got a tandem garage and I've got a whole glass wall. So I'll be able to see my Ferraris that are parked in there because that was a childhood dream of mine. Gemma started putting all the photos up on the top part of the wall. We've got all these skylights here and audio building, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but, 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 you know, like something a bit behind the scenes. Oh, that's what Rob's house looks like. You know, it's, it's, it's not that exciting. I mean, if I was a big celebrity, that would be more exciting. I'm not. But behind the scenes, people like it in the Uber with me traveling to a keynote speech. Gerald, who's watching here, Gerald, 
or what I think he did 75 keynote speeches, he said, in the last two months of the year. So, Gerald, when you when you drive it being driven around, get in an Uber and do a little live feed video. We'd, we'd love that. Getting to see Gerald in an Uber on the way to his keynote speech is great stuff. It's you know, he's a real guy and and we love that. So we love behind the scenes stuff. So if you're doing viewings for property, for example, or if you're setting up an event. All right. And now I always like to give you the what what you can learn angle, not just behind the scenes. I look at my stuff but what you can learn from it too. Okay, next then is the pains your audience feel. So some people say to me, Rob, you spend a fair amount of time on social media. If you're so successful, why do you spend so much time on social media? Well, because I've achieved financial freedom, I have the time to piss around on social media rather than having to do a real job. That's number one. Number two is a, a big source of my brand, building my brand and also um, generating revenue from my businesses is... Uh, through, um, you know, my, my work on social media. Uh, interestingly, Shane, Shane has just said um, that my, the um, kids' toy box and all my um, furniture in orange and progressive orange, yes, my stairs are stripy, my um, furniture is orange, I am progressive property through and through. Okay, so if you tune in and engage with your community members, answer their questions on the lives, respond to emails that people send you and podcast messages and you know you observe um, communities that you're in that other people run for entrepreneurs business people or your niche you will see the same pains over and over oh I'm working too hard I feel alone um, I, I can't afford staff how do you how do you get an outsourcer to work for you how do you set up systems and then you do videos and podcasts and content and articles and books and brochures on those subjects then people will 100% love it. Why? Because they've told you they're the pains that they need solving and then you solve those pains. So you're giving them the content that they've sort of pre-told and pre-sold you that they want. Okay, next one then. Um, I'm a, a, I must admit, I've got a bit of a thing that I don't really like, vacuous motivational posts. Hustle, man, grind, get up at 5am, don't be a loser, no excuses, hustle, no pain, no gain, fuck yeah. Nah, come on, give us a bit more depth, anyone can say that. And, um, you know, like, that might be a bit of a me thing, and I probably was more like that in the early days. I want tips, I want content, I want to know how to. That being said, the third most downloaded podcast of this whole year, oop, it's nine o'clock, I've got visitors coming, I'm running a mentoring session here, so I'll have to make this the last one and do a part two. The third highest um, downloaded podcast this year of mine was uh, Eight Ways to Motivate Yourself. So actually, people do like and want motivational posts. You know, they want the short, sharp shot in the arm. They want to be supercharged with the, you know, the motivational rant or podcast or quote. You know, get off your ass and just fucking do it. Yeah. And, um, and actually, a lot of the time that does work on me. So I'm, some of my baggage is coming out here. So motivational posts work. I would say to make yours different just to the usual motivational posts, um, you know, don't make them vague. Don't make them waffling and make them interesting. Make them different. Give them at least a little bit of content, something to feed off. Okay, so I'm going to have to do a part two now because I've got people waiting at the door uh, for Inner Circle Mastermind Delete, my um, mastermind program. So what am I going to do on part two? Re reversing what everyone is tired of, um, checking your analytics and doing the most popular content, which I've kind of covered, but I'll detail a bit more. The mistakes you made, being honest, being vulnerable, the seven ways, the five ways, the nine ways, the three ways to do, real life detailed case studies, interviews, uh, and then your take and analysis of other people's content. So I'm going to do that in part two. Thanks for tuning into the live. Thanks for listening to the podcast.
Uh, and um, remember, um, I just said in the 15 minutes ago, I'm going to be running a YouTube competition in the next few weeks. I.e., If you subscribe to my YouTube channel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a video on YouTube. I'm going to give you some instructions on to find some content on there. And I'm going to be giving away 11 really, really, really big prizes because I'm, I'm doing this in conjunction with my company's 11th birthday. So go and subscribe to my YouTube channel now. Don't wait. Um, and obviously, when you're subscribed, um, you know, you'll be able to see the videos. And in the next few weeks, I'll tell you in advance and I'm going to put a video on there. You have to watch it. You have to answer a question. And then the first 11 are going to win 11 huge prizes. So go and subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, right now. Um, just search my name in YouTube. You'll find it. Uh, I think I've got over a thousand videos that I've done on YouTube as well. So it's not just a way for you, me to get you to subscribe to another one of my platforms. It's actually a load of really good, useful, interesting content. A lot of stuff that uh, I don't do on social media or, uh, you know, the vault content from keynote speeches I've done. I've done a thousand of them now. And um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. <laughs>